Welcome to Speak for Yourself. I got to get right to it. Huge day in sports with two of the smartest men on television, Rick Buecher, Dave Hellman. Ah, watching the game last night, Dave, we saw the Ravens in action, but it got me thinking about Lamar Jackson, because if y'all have not heard, he wants 250, well, at least 230 plus million dollars guaranteed. Lamar Jackson deserves 250 million guaranteed. Lamar Jackson has earned 250 million guaranteed, but it would be a huge mistake to pay him that much money. See, you get a contract like that because of what you've hopefully already accomplished. But if you haven't already accomplished something, then when you pay a quarterback that much money, you typically end up regretting it. Baltimore Ravens, you know firsthand. Joe Flacco got a $100 million contract, highest paid in the league at the time because he won y'all a Super Bowl. Eagles gave Carson Wentz a $130 million contract, up there with the highest in the league at the time because he helped get the Eagles a Super Bowl. Jared Goff, $130 million. It was up there, top two highest paid in the league at the time because he helped get the Rams to a Super Bowl. When you pay a quarterback that kind of money, hopefully it's a little bit of back pay for what they've already done for you collectively. So the question isn't necessarily has Lamar Jackson earned the money. Of course he has. The question is not, does Lamar Jackson deserve the money? Of course he does. And the Ravens, really, you better give it to him. My simple thought is this. It's going to be a mistake to do it in hindsight. Slick Rick Buecher, I got to come to you first, my friend. Should the Ravens give their superstar quarterback that roughly $250 million guaranteed that he's asking for? Loved how you laid out the dilemma. No, they should not. One, because they don't have to. Two, because Lamar Jackson is trending in the wrong direction. And the only reason we're bringing this up is because Deshaun Watson got a fully guaranteed deal with the Cleveland Browns. And in spite of the fact that we haven't seen him play for an entire season, I feel more comfortable, and it's strange to say this, I feel more comfortable giving Deshaun Watson a fully guaranteed deal than I do Lamar Jackson. This is bold. 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 And this is why. Exclusively football, obviously. Because if I look at Deshaun Watson and what he has done uh, over the same time frame in their respective careers as Lamar Jackson, and then I look at Colin Kaepernick, Lamar Jackson reminds me a lot more of Colin Kaepernick at, Kaepernick at this point simple than the he does Deshaun Watson. And the fortune, fortunately for the 49ers, they had a lot of health and performance clauses in their deal, so they were able to get out of it. At the time, Colin Kaepernick signed what was then a record $61 million guarantee okay. out of a six-year uh, $114 million deal. That's not what we're talking about with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is trending in the wrong direction. Question. I need another year. Of seeing him before I would ever load up on it. Dave, before I let you express the face that you are expressing, um, I have this question, Slit. Deshaun Watson, as much as I love him as a football player, has never seen the individual heights for a season that Lamar Jackson has seen. Unanimous MVP, led the league in passing touchdowns while simultaneously having 1,200 yards rushing. I love me some Deshaun Watson on the field. But he ain't never seen them heights Lamar Jackson has seen. Why do you like Deshaun Watson more than Lamar Jackson as a quarterback? Because I'm not paying him for what he has done. I'm paying him for what I think he can do. And Deshaun Watson, for all that has gone wrong, has been steady. Do we have we have my full screen? Can I make a comparison? Because I just didn't cavalierly throw out Colin Kaepernick. And Deshaun Watson. I'm ready to see something. And Lamar Jackson. I'm ready to see something. Producers, I better see something. If you look at their careers, two through four, 
What do you see here? What, what's the trending when it comes to these three? Lamar Jackson starts at a higher point, but he and Colin Kaepernick by year four are basically in the same place. Now, what do I see with Deshaun Watson over those three years? We're moving in the right direction and we're not falling to the levels that Colin and Lamar have. So if I am going to bet on one or the other, Deshaun Watson is clearly the better bet. This is interesting. Don't get distracted so much by the Deshaun Watson of it all, but we got to talk about that in a second. Dave, should the Ravens give Lamar a fully guaranteed deal, or what do you want to respond to that? I, 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 like, everything. Like, can we just do the rest of the show about this? Like, <laughs> the last time we saw Deshaun Watson, before we knew that he had a, a supreme problem with boundaries, was he went 4-12. and 12. I get no, that. No, no, no. The Texans went 4-12. and 12. Let's He's be clear. He's the quarterback of the Texans. The I, understand that, I understand that wins are not – It's quarterback wins are, are not a complete – it's a team game. I get it. That was still the last time we saw him. That's, that's what he put on paper. Lamar Jackson, meanwhile, is 37 and 12. I, I mean, I understand. He, he, the, the numbers have dipped. He was hurt last year, was he not? Did the Ravens not completely fall apart when he was not on the field? They did. Has, in my, and this is purely me. Maybe this is the, the good old eye test. He's proven himself capable of playing from the pocket. Yes, he's not always great at it against amazing competition. He can do it. So to get back to the original point, I'm blind, blindsided by this Deshaun Watson <laughs> thing. I'm sorry. I was with you yesterday. Not it's true. Yeah, it's fair. That's fair. They, what, what's the alternative, Acho? What is the alternative here? Because you, you talk about it. Well, let me, let me tell you first. Please. They're already paying Lamar Jackson $23 million to finish out this contract. Sure. To franchise tag him. It's going to be north of $30 million. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Let's just say they haven't figured out what they want to do after that. Another franchise tag is going to escalate the price. All told, we don't know these numbers ahead of time, but you're probably talking about paying Lamar Jackson somewhere between $50 and $90 million between how long you want him there. And then guess what? He's still not even 30 years old. And he wants a new one. Mm. And what do you think the number is going to be when that <laughs> conversation happens after these TV deals hit and the CBA pushes the salary cap through the roof? I love doing this show with those that are obsessed with sports because I am about to confuse and complicate your obsession. Um, the risk of paying Lamar Jackson, we know the benefits. Unanimous MVP, he could get you another one. Could get you a Super Bowl. One of the most galvanizing players in all of the sport. We know the benefits. Let's talk about the risk. Outside of Peyton Manning, we haven't seen a quarterback win a Super Bowl on the team that drafted him if he didn't go in the first few years. You got John Elway in the 90s, late 90s. Then you got Peyton Manning, who won with the Colts in, I believe, year nine. If your quarterback does not go in the first four or five years, he probably ain't going with your team. Eli Manning went in the first four or five years. Roethlisberger won the four or five, first four or five years. Brady, first four or five years. Aaron Rodgers, third year as a starter. If your quarterback don't go in the first four or five years, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, if they don't go, they probably aren't ever going with that team. With that being said, if Lamar don't, this is what history says. Y'all don't shoot me, I'm the messenger. Go ahead. What's, what's the difference between, okay, yes, Matt Stafford was not drafted by the LA sure. Rams, but he was making a lot of money when he won them the Super Bowl. Sure. Was he not? So my point is this. I'm not saying Lamar Jackson don't need to get paid. I already said pay him. I'm simply saying, you think Detroit cares that Stafford won a Super Bowl in Los Angeles? We're talking about, should the Ravens pay Lamar? The Rams reap the benefit of Stafford, not Detroit, the team that drafted him. I'm simply saying the complication with paying Lamar for the Ravens, not for the NFL, for the Ravens is 
Yo, I don't know that we've ever seen, outside of Peyton Manning since the turn of the century, a quarterback win a Super Bowl with the team that drafted him if they didn't win one in the first few years. It's hard to put a contender together when you're paying a quarterback a big salary. Yes, that's, sir. That's, that is an indisputable fact. Well, and that's my point. So at what at, he was an MVP, and yet you didn't win a Super Bowl. So Lamar Jackson, at his absolute best, wasn't good enough to get you there. Now you're going to load up on him, which is then going to minimize what you're able to do with the rest of your team. How does that? How does that equation look? And I, lo- Lamar Jackson, deserves. I love the way you he deserves that. It. Right? He, deserves he deserves to get paid. Sure. But we're asking it from the Ravens' perspective. And I understand, like, what are the alternatives? Well, the Ravens have demonstrated as a team that they can work with not the greatest of quarterbacks and be successful. It's the way that they are constructed and the way they approach things. I mean, if we're talking about Trent Dilfer, that's like three lifetimes ago. Or Flacco. Or Flacco. 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 Flacco was a first-round pick, was he not? He I was. mean, he might not have been great. But again, and that's, that's what I wanted to say is if you're not going to pay him, get ready now. That, I mean, if, if you don't want to, it's, it's their money. They don't have to. You better go draft a guy. You better go draft a guy in the first round right now, because otherwise you're stuck paying again. You know 80, what? 90 million dollars for I'm a guy you're not, you're not tied I'm to? I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up. It doesn't make any sense. But here's my thing. You're already projecting that Lamar Jackson is going to have a Hall of Fame career. You're convinced that three, four years from now, he's, he's going to turn this trend, the direction that he's going right now, and he's going to be a great quarterback. All right, because... If you're going to have to pay him that, it's he because he's demonstrated that. right now. He is. I, I believe anyway. Okay. No, he's elite. Yeah. He's elite. Okay. When healthy, when healthy, he's elite. Okay. But is he going to be that for the next five, six years? Because this is the great question with Lamar, right? Like, which way is he trending? Have they, and I, I hate to bring this up because it's a little trite and being said, like, have people figured him out? I think he's going to continue to be a really good quarterback. Is he going to continue to be an elite quarterback is the real question here's I think and this is where people get confused in my opinion is like you just you got to decide right now is he worth it or is he not why not and, why not another year though because then the price just goes up and 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 the, the other Let's point with that is in in four years okay what, what's more likely and I get it this is this is the problem for all front offices to solve what is more likely Lamar Jackson who we all agree is like a top six seven eight quarterback is okay. going to get you over the hump despite the salary, or yeah. you're going to draft a guy and maybe he sits behind Lamar for a year and maybe that's this big dramatic topic and then you got to get him ready to do it. What's more likely? Or, or you're just like you're, you're starting everything over again okay. when you get a young guy. Let me, su- let me submit this to you. Um, you know the Cowboys, like I always say, better than anybody. So thus, you know the NFC East just about as good as anybody. I do not believe that the Washington formerly commanders, formerly everybody in their mama's name, I do not believe that they regret franchise tagging Kirk Cousins. Because while the Washington commanders paid Kirk Cousins 60 or so million dollars over two years, the Vikings have paid him a lot more for a lot less. So sure, the Vikings made two years of bad decisions, but I don't think the 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 commanders have made two years of bad decisions, but I don't think the commanders are like, man, we should have signed Kirk to a long-term deal. The Cowboys, they signed Dak to this long-term deal after tagging him twice. But are we going to look up three years from now and be like, man, the Cowboys really played that one right? Tag, tag, long-term extension? I don't think so. Dak could be nearing the end of a deal that paid him like $34 million right now if the Cowboys had played that better. That's the thing. 
if they had made the decision earlier, he would be nearing the end of a deal that they could get out from underneath instead of beginning Fair. an even bigger deal. So it's deal. this simple. To me, I don't think you can make two wrongs. The two wrongs are this. Don't tag them, tag them, and then sign them. If you're going to tag them, get all the juice out I do the squeeze agree with that. and then let them go. Or sign him early, I'd, but you can't do both. I'd just like to point this out. Like, I get it. Winning the Super Bowl is the goal, and the Vikings haven't done that. I would take what the Vikings have accomplished with Kirk Cousins over what Washington has been through the last but few then years you get into without this question, a quarterback. But then you get into this question, which me, Slick, have debated prior to your, your presence here on the show, is this. Good is the enemy of great. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota Vikings are perpetually good. Seven to nine wins typically a year. You might get 10. Somebody like Thielen might get hurt. You might get six. But they're good. But they ain't been great. In a mighty long time. Here's the real problem we're getting into with this discussion. Colin Kaepernick, nor Kirk Cousins, nor Dak Prescott, or Lamar Jackson. Because Lamar Jackson is a unanimous MVP. Agreed. So that's really the dilemma of this discussion. But let me try to say this point. Slick, did you ever watch Space Jam with LeBron James? Space Jam Legacy. I did. Dave? I missed that one. Sorry. Fine. You didn't miss much. (laughs) Um, Space Jam Legacy. It had a... 100 and let me make sure I get this right. Space Jam Legacy had a $150 million budget. $150 million budget. It only made 163 in the box office. Why did it have such a big budget? Very simple. The original Space Jam, it made $250 million on an $80 million budget. So they saw the success of the original Space Jam and said, we are going to overcommit for the sequel. Didn't work out for them. My fear if I work for the Ravens is I'm going to see the success of Lamar Jackson and like Space Jam Legacy, I'm going to overcommit Mm. for the sequel, the sequel second contract, that is, and it might not work out for me. Still did 160 million in the box office, Space Jam Legacy, but it didn't do 250 million. Lamar Jackson still might ball. But are we going to see another unanimous MVP season or MVP season from the great Lamar Jackson? That's the question, Dave. That's the question. One day, and and Washington did it. I think Lamar Jackson is a much better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. I think everybody would agree with that. One day a team will have the guts to walk away from a Lamar Jackson. I honestly thought the Cowboys might do it with Dak at one point. One day somebody will have the guts to do that. God help them if they're wrong. God help them. And that's why. That's why. That's why you pay him. I'll take my chances maybe overpaying, maybe overcommitting, as opposed to letting that guy walk out. The door. I did not know the first top of the show was going to go here, but I'm so glad it did. Coming up, it was another historic Field of Dreams game last night. Played in front of a sold-out crowd. Find out how one of the greatest father-son sports duos of all time stole the show. But first... We got to talk about one of the most flashy but talented receivers of all time in Odell Beckham. That's in my mind. He's still a free agent. One of the best landing spots for the Super Bowl champ. That's next. Speak for yourself. Never know where we're going to go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Speak for Yourself. We got to talk about a superstar receiver that's not getting enough attention. Odell Beckham. Where in the world is he going to go? He won the Super Bowl last year. 
would have won Super Bowl MVP. I'm thinking, Dave, there are three big name, huge name quarterbacks that currently only have one receiver that they you're trusting, really. When you think about Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Dak Cassidy Lamb, Rodgers, he really doesn't have anybody, but he did draft a couple cats. And then Matthew Stafford has Cooper Cup, but lost Odell Beckham, lost Robert Woods. Where is the best landing spot for OBJ? The thing is, like, is there a guy that's in a better spot than OBJ right now? Like, across the whole NFL, he's one of, if not the best available players in the league. Yep. He's not healthy right now. And he could just camp out and wait. It could be one of these three. It could be anybody else. Midseason comes around. Somebody's a receiver away from from putting together a contender. Mm -hmm. The price, the location, like he's got it all. I I, I can't wait. I asked you this yesterday. You know the Cowboys very well. You spent 10 years covering that team. Why not the Dallas Cowboys? Okay, first, can can you think of anything that would make me happier? I went to LSU for anybody that doesn't know. (laughs) OBJ on the team that I follow for a living, nobody would be happier. I don't see it. You mentioned C.D. Lamb. Don't forget about Michael Gallup. I know maybe not a superstar, a guy the Cowboys gave $60 million to, recovering from his own ACL. He'll be back maybe September, October. Not to mention, let's just call it what it is. The Cowboys are cheap. Odell Beckham's not going to be cheap. I just, I'd, I'd love it. I don't see it. I really don't. Jerry Jones cheap? The ca- Spending against the cap? Yes. Recently, in the last five, six, seven years, they like to sign their own guys. They do. Dak gets money. Michael Gallup gets money. Guys that are on the team get money. Free agents, not so much. Okay, the Packers, they notoriously like to draft and develop their own guys. Jordy Nelson, Donna Driver, Driver, Greg Jennings, Randall Cobb, all kind of homegrown cats. Would Odell make sense for the Packers? As a football nerd, nothing would make me happier. And, like, you can hear the screams of Green Bay fans, especially they wanted Julio bad up there. I know they did. They don't get him... OBJ is a nice consolation prize. I'm hoping against hope that Aaron Rodgers uses some of that sway. Again, not right now, but October when he's healthy. Maybe like maybe these young guys, maybe Christian Watson needs some seasoning, needs a vet. I would love this. It doesn't seem like a Green Bay move. Like It, it feels like a decade at this point that we've been begging them to get Rodgers some help. But with Devontae Adams gone... You know, maybe you, I've seen this happen with the Cowboys. Maybe you get a month into the season and you say, oh my God, we don't really have a receiver. I like that. That would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. Okay, Matthew Stafford and the Rams. They got Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, 2015. He led the NFL in touchdowns with 14. He's only 28, been in the league nine years now. Allen Robinson's supposed to replace Odell Beckham, but could Odell still end up in L.A.? Go figure the team that needs him the least is the one that I would put my money on. Absolutely. Because, A, the Rams like to have fun. Clearly. The Rams are over here having a ton of fun while Cowboys, Packers, all these other teams are just being boring. I I could absolutely see it. I mean, Sean McVay spent the whole offseason basically pleading like, Odell, we would love to have you back. That would make us so happy. You got Allen Robinson, you got Cup. Van Jefferson, already dealing with a little bit of a knee issue. It doesn't sound like he's going to miss a ton of regular season time, but again, you never know what's going to happen. That's what makes this fun. The whole landscape could be different by the time he's healthy enough to play anyway, but yeah, I wouldn't bet against him going back. So if it were one of these three teams with these superstar quarterbacks, your money's on the Rams. Unfortunate, like, no offense to the Rams, like, these two would be way more fun, but yeah, that's what I would put my money on. I get you, I get you. You said Odell Beckham will cost a lot of money, he will. Speaking of costing a lot of money, Deshaun Watson, well, he tried to submit his own settlement to the NFL, and it would cost him $5 million. Deshaun Watson said this in response to the NFL's 
trying to appeal the, the, the six-game ban. He said, look, I will accept an eight-game suspension and $5 million fine for the season. Slick Rick Buecher, I got to talk to you, big dog. Yeah. How do you feel about Deshaun Watson's offer, his alleged offer, his alleged settlement offer? It's not nearly enough. And it tells me that Deshaun does not understand how egregious Roger Goodell in the NFL feels his behavior has been. I get that he's trying to find a compromise here because he knows that there's a much better chance that he's going to miss the entire season and pay a big fine than it is he's going to just get six games. But all that said, if you're trying to salvage part of this season, then you need to make a legitimate offer, one that not only satisfies Roger Goodell, but also shifts the feeling in the uh, court of public opinion, which is like you understand how severe your behavior was. So I'm thinking, and yet you want to get on the field for this season when it really matters. So I'm thinking this is not nearly enough. Make it 15 games that you're willing to give up and $25 million because then you are satisfying Roger Goodell. And now the public goes, oh, you know what? He really is taking this seriously. Because what are we trying to do at this point? He's trying to get back on the field for this season. He might as well approach it. I understand. Whew. I understood. It's at 25. Man. Okay. Okay. Let's stop back. Let, let, let's pull back, though. What's the total that he's getting? 230. Okay. Guaranteed. Okay. All right. And what does he want to do? Does he want to play? He does. I mean, that's what it really comes down to. Do you want to sit for two full seasons before you get on the field? Or do you want to try to still potentially play and play when it matters most this season. If that's the case, then he's got to make an offer that is legit and everybody goes, whoa, okay, okay. like I'm, you did. I don't disagree with you in totality. Slick, have you ever gotten a car towed? There yes, go. uh, I ju- just during the finals. Oh, God. And, and told where to park by a parking officer in San Francisco. Yeah, I the worst. I haven't forgotten it. Um, I was getting my car towed once from a parking lot of a restaurant. But thankfully, I walked up to them towing my car. Yeah. See, if you ever walk up to somebody towing your car, it's very simple to get off. Back pocket, $100. We good. Right. Back pocket, $60. We good. The worst thing you can do is reach into your back pocket and offer them $2. Because yeah. now they're going to be even more upset yep. with you that you yep. dare disrespect yep. them with such an yep. egregiously low offer. Yep. I do think for Deshaun Watson to try to say, you know what, I'm at six games, I'll take eight. Right. I do think that's probably offensively low. Like, you're going to come at me with eight games? I told you I wanted the whole season, Commissioner Goodell saying that. So I do think that is offensively low. However... I don't want to offer more than they was going to give me in the first place. Deshaun Watson isn't going to have to pay a $25 million fine, you would think. He's not going to, might, have to miss 15 games. So the the tight rope you have to walk is, I don't want to pay more than I was going to have to pay in the first place because I don't want to negotiate against myself, Slick. Okay, that's fair. But and first of all, should, just so everybody knows, Acho pretty much parks wherever he wants to. So the fact that he might be He's getting towed is not, not really He's news. Not uh, I get that. But what you're saying, well, first of all, we're 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 talking in subjectives because we don't actually know how much Roger Goodell wants to take out of Deshaun's pocket. He's talked about an entire season and a massive fine. 
So I don't know what that number is. If I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm just trying to get ahead of the curve. You don't like 25 million? Okay, we can negotiate where that is. 20 million, whatever. But I wanted enough so that it's not just Roger Goodell who goes, oh, okay, he means business. I want public sentiment to go, wait a minute, Roger, you still want to take a pound of flesh from Deshaun Watson? Because more than anything else, if I'm Deshaun Watson and I'm looking at the Cleveland Browns, I want to get back on the field. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. A real question we can all have an answer for. I don't know that you can ever sway public sentiment after public sentiment has made up their mind. Meaning, Slick, it's very meaningless and relatively stupid Mm. to yield an apology on Twitter. Just further right. Agreed. It's dumb. Agreed. Once you make a mistake on Twitter, you might as well not apologize. Just wear it. Because they don't want to accept it. Just wear it. You apologize, we don't want your trash apology. You apologize, nah, keep that to yourself. You apologize, it's just because we was coming at you. Like, they want you to be done with the existence of self once you make a mistake. Yes. I think it's the same in this existence. If Deshaun gives up 25 million, people aren't going to realize that's more than the majority of the country makes. People are going to say, that's only 10% of his salary. Not realizing he's not making $230 million at once. So... I can agree with you on this much. Deshaun should have offered more. Mm. The question, however, is how much more? Speaking of more, I want more baseball because there was another successful Field of Dreams game last night Mm. in Iowa. Before the first pitch, Ken Griffey Jr. and Sr. emerged from the cornfield and played catch in the outfield. Cubs got to an early lead and never looked back. Slick Rick, unfortunately. Yeah. The Cincinnati Reds, they took a capital L. Sure did. What was your favorite moment from the game last Well, I, we just saw it when they were coming out of the cornfield. Because after that, the Reds lost. So, I, you know, look, I love the fact that John Smoltz waxed eloquent about Nick Lodolo being a left-hander from Cincy, watching another lefty from Cincy do well and the promise he might have a year from now. Love that. But it was really... Uh, look, the old-fashioned uniforms. I love the unis. I love those hats. I loved all the spectacle, and it, it's one of those. It's one of those rare circumstances where the venue and the atmosphere is actually captured on TV, and I enjoy. But beyond that, let's face it, <laughs> the Reds are just not very good right now. So the game itself, and no dingers. Nobody put one in the cornfield. That was a disappointment too. <laughs> well, speaking of baseball. And not being disappointed. Two lucky winners from Texas are splitting Big Poppy's $10,000 jackpot from last night's Field of Dreams game. And you still have a free chance to win another ten grand tomorrow. Scan the QR code, download the Super 6 app, and enter your six baseball picks for a chance to win. Coming up, earlier this week, I said Carson Wentz is under the most pressure of all the NFC East quarterbacks. We're talking Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott. But Slick Rick and Dave might have a big problem with that statement. That's next. Speak for yourself. Who's under the most pressure? The most pressure has to fault Carson. I love you, but you're under the most pressure. It's very simple. Carson Wentz is on three teams in three years. If Carson Wentz struggles this year, he will not be on four teams in four years. That is 12.5% of the league in four years. Ain't no way that happens. 
The NFC is going to be the most talked about quarterback division all season long, so you might as well get a jump on it right here, right now. I think Carson Wentz under the most pressure for the Washington Commanders. I get it. Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott, they round out that division. Dave, where do you stand on that? No offense, I think you're crazy, man. And I'm surprised because you, like, you claim Philly. Wait, wait, pause, pause, pause. I don't think you can utter a sentence, no offense, right. and I and think No, that's crazy. what I like to do. I like to say no offense before I say something. That Very I, offensive. Yeah, yeah. Right. The worst. You claim Philadelphia, of course. my guy. That, it, they are a crazy town. Like, they, they love the birds, and I, I honestly love that passion. And what is, the, what is the word on Philadelphia this year? They've gotten a lot better, right? Mm-hmm. They are, they are cont- I mean, they were a playoff team last year. But you talk to anybody that follows football, they say, if, if Hurst can play well, if Hurst can play well, they could be special. Like, it's, it's all on the quarterback. Like, the defense looks nice. You saw Jordan Davis just riding that dude in the backfield God, the other God. day. They added A.J. Brown, arguably the best offensive line in the league, or at least one of them. Mm-hmm. Everything's there, except we don't know about the quarterback. And on top of that, I love Howie Roseman so much. The eat, like that, it's a well-run franchise. I don't care what you say. They spent the whole offseason positioning themselves. They're sitting on two first-round picks right now, next year. If Jalen Hurts isn't it, they're going to go get somebody else. They are going to go get a quarterback next year if Jalen Hurts doesn't play great. So not only Jalen Hurts is the one big variable getting in Philly's way of doing something this year, and then in the big picture, if he's not great, they will go get somebody to replace him. They will go get a quarterback to be their guy next year if he isn't it this year. I think... I think everything rides on Jalen Hurts and how well he plays. For everything Philly. you might have said could have been brilliant, but I stopped listening after you called me crazy and you professed, no you professed your love to a man, Howie Roseman, who cut me five times mm. before I was 25. Ooh. I'm done with you. I mean, Slick, where do you stand? World, who's, who's, who's under the most pressure, NFC East? Dave, I give you credit. You made a, a plausible case. Thank you. It's just not the right one. You are correct. I see how that feels now. Yeah, thank you. Carson, Carson Wentz is under the most pressure because he's, he's at the last house on the block. Is this the end of Jalen Hurts' career mm. if it doesn't go the, quite, quite the right way? Look, he's still on his rookie deal. Could he end of his career? Not, maybe not the end of his career, but this, is, this could be, depending on how well he plays. Pivotal. Whether he's yeah. going to continue with Philadelphia, where they go with him, agreed with all that. That's why I think he's on the chart. He's just not at the top of it because Carson Wentz literally is at the last house on the block. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't get it done, the commanders, the commanders are going to take a, are going to draft a quarterback in next year's draft anyway. I mean, almost regardless of how it goes, unless he has a major turnaround. He's 30 years old. This is his opportunity to show that he still deserves to be, never mind a starting quarterback. I don't know where they have zero cap money invested in him beyond this year. They can just let him go. And who's going to go with all of the kind of innuendo with what happened in Indy? This being the third team in three years. Like who goes and says, well, we'll take Carson as a backup. Mm. No chance of that. Slick, let me let me do it to me. Let me do it like this. Can I get my jib? Can I get the jib? Can I get the jib? Please. Um, Dave, you trust yourself to catch this pen. You uh, trust yourself yeah, to catch go it. For it. Easy money. Boom. Hand, hand it back, please. Hand it oh, back, please. I, I don't trust myself. You. Okay, now <laughs> I toss you the pen again. If you drop it, you gotta give up a hundred thousand dollars. You still trust yourself to catch the pen? No. Great. <laughs> Why not? Because to me, pressure and trust is dependent on what you gotta lose. If Jalen Hurts struggles this season, I think to Slick's point, he doesn't have his career to lose. He has a starting job to lose. If Daniel Jones struggles this season, he ain't got his career to lose. 
He got a starting job to lose. Dak Prescott struggles this season. He ain't even got a starting job to lose. He just has respect to lose. But if Carson Wentz struggles this season, that's it. Dunzo. I don't think he continues to play in the National Football League, not because of talent, because of budgets, and because we've now tried you with the Colts, with the Eagles, with the Commanders. Who else are we going to try you with? So I could toss you the same pen, but you ain't going to catch it if you have a whole lot to lose because that's where the pressure comes in. Number one, I think you underestimate a team's willingness to sign a guy who's played quarterback. Like, you can work in the NFL for a long time. Honestly, you know Chase Daniel. You were in Philly with him, right? He hadn't even played that much, and he's still cashing checks. If you've done it, never underestimate a team's willingness to throw you 3 to $10 million so that they're not totally screwed if somebody gets hurt. So first of all, Carson Wentz should be able to keep playing football. And I think to, to stick with the money aspect of it, maybe I just feel a little less sorry for Carson Wentz because I know how much money he's already made. He got that contract in Philly. He didn't finish it. He's made plenty of money. He's had plenty of opportunities at this. He was the guy in Philly for a while. He got the chance in Indy. It's like, yeah, I mean, everything y'all said is right, but like... Is anybody but Carson Wentz going to feel sad about that if he doesn't pull it off? Where like Jalen Hurts again, like he has the whole world to gain and everything to lose, also because like he and 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 has not made the money. By the way, he's what he's a second, second round, round pick. pick. You know, you know how little. And, and I mean, we're talking in millions of dollars in but perspective. That second but round money ain't second round money is nothing starting quarterback compared money. to what you can make if you do a great job and talk the Eagles into wanting to extend you. But the but the, but the Runway in front of Jalen Hurts is just so much longer than it is for Carson Wentz. But see, that's point. and that's where, the, for me, that's where the, that's where the, the Philadelphia part comes into play because that is a town that is not going to tolerate him not playing no, well. No, it, I, it, it ain't gonna fly. It ain't I, gonna work. I get that. But Jalen, if you ask me, who say they both bomb, who has a better chance of being signed as a backup quarterback someplace else, Jalen Hurts or Carson Wentz? Jalen Hurts without question, because it's not just that Carson Wentz has failed. It's that he was in Indy with the perfect situation with Frank Reich and failed. And he's being measured not as because the guys you mentioned, the Chase Daniels and the guys that continue to get paid and are backup quarterbacks, they've kind of they've they've made their bones as we're not going to cause any problems. We can just be here in case you need us. That's not the Carson Wentz vibe. The NFL, really, if we're being real, the NFL is all about bridges that you have. It's all about connections that you have. It's all about how many resources do you have across the league so if anything goes bad, you can call your ace in the hole. Carson Wentz allegedly burned his bridge with Doug Peterson, head coach out there in Jacksonville now. Uh, To some degree, I think he burned his bridge with his Oak C. I think Press Taylor out maybe in Jacksonville or Press might be in Indy uh, with the Colts. Frank Wright. Didn't work out there. Carson Wentz is kind of out of options if this no longer works out for him. Very good points about Jalen Hurts. Hopefully they all succeed and we don't have to talk about it. Coming up, they're transitioning to a new offense in New England. But boy, it doesn't look too great. I'll tell you if there's anything to be worried about for Bill Belichick and his Patriots. That's next. Speak for yourself. Let's get back to the NFL. Patriots lost their preseason opener against the New England against the New England Patriots. Now, New England experimented with two play callers in Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, but Bill Belichick chose not to reveal if he will keep the system for the season, saying, "Quote: We'll work it out." Dave, coming back to you immediately. Uh, are you worried about Bill Belichick's Patriots? 
I think I said this about the Steelers earlier this week. Like, it depends on what you mean by worried. And it sounds weird with everything they've done in the last 20 years. I mean, I don't think they're going to be good. So I guess I'm worried about them in, in that sense. But, like, are, are the New England Patriots a contender in this loaded AFC? Like, do the New England Patriots matter in the landscape of the AFC? Like, that's how I feel. So, yeah. It's weird what they're doing with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. It's weird that they haven't tried to put more talent around Mac Jones. But, like, worried implies that I have expectations for him in the first place. I'm worried. I'm worried about the Patriots. I'm worried about Bill Belichick. Because I think this season pushes Bill Belichick into retirement. Woo. I think about Phil Jackson in 2011. Phil Jackson pushed into retirement in 2011. He was on the heels of three consecutive NBA Finals appearances, including two wins. He gets swept by the Dallas Mavericks, and he's like, you know what? I've had it with this coaching stuff. Phil Jackson, in my mind, greatest basketball coach of all time. Hmm. Bill Belichick, inarguably the greatest football coach of all time. Bill Belichick on the heels of success three years ago. Phil Jackson came off the heels of success in 2011. But when you take a bad loss and you realize I got a long way to go, you realize, what am I still doing this for? Mm. Coaching is all about your pipeline. Bill Belichick's offensive coordinator is a defensive coordinator. Bill Belichick's quarterback coach is a special teams coach. Bill Belichick's running back coach is a former safety. What is the pipeline? His linebacker coach, well, that's his son. His safeties coach, Well, that's his other son. So Bill Belichick's pipeline doesn't even seem like it is going to take the Patriots to success anytime soon. Slick, I'm reminded of when you go to foreign countries and you run the faucets in a bathroom. And you run the faucet in a bathroom to let some of the dirty water clear out. After about 30 seconds, clean water starts to infuse out of the faucet. Except for when you wait two or three minutes and you continue to see the dirty water, you realize, oh, it's just a dirty pipe. Ain't no clean water coming in anytime soon. When I look at the Patriots coaching staff, because Bill Belichick always elevates from within, Mm -hmm. whether it's Charlie Weiss, Josh McDaniel, Bill O'Brien, Eric Mangini, he always elevates from within. Who is he going to elevate from within on the offensive side? Mm -hmm. Your running back coach is a former safety. Your offensive coordinator is a defensive coach. And your uh, quarterback coach is a special teams coach. Who does he have to elevate? I'm worried about the Patriots because I think this is the year he's pushed into retirement. So I'm going to make another comparison since you brought up Phil Jackson. I'm going to make another comparison to another NBA head coach, and that's Greg Popovich. Very similar. Similar uh, stature, similar in their position, similar in their age and position in in terms of their career. (laughs) Right? And I can tell you that Greg Popovich is more enlivened now than he ever has been. I was just down in San Antonio dropping my son off at, uh, at, at college, and he's ready to go. And I see the same potential with Bill Belichick taking on a new and different challenge in rebuilding this. And if you're worried about their offense, okay, understood, because there are some questions there. If you're worried about the Patriots, Bill Belichick's Patriots, he's had one losing season over the last 21 years. Only twice has he not had 10 wins. Last year, starting two and four, just as worried about him. And yet, where did they end up? In the playoffs. So sure. I don't know how they get there. Sure. But, but they get there. That Bill's going to figure it out, history tells me that he will. I like that. Well, maybe I'm just a man of many worries because who else I'm worried about based on a conversation Dave and I had recently? Dak Prescott. Another big-time name in football, Dak Prescott. Obviously, we know he's a star quarterback, $160 million man, but he is without receivers. Amari Cooper, gone in the offseason. James Washington, injured. Backup tight end, Ferguson, hurt, pulled a hamstring at camp. 
Dak Prescott does not have a ton of help, and seemingly he has been set up for failure. Dave, you know everything there is to know about America's team. Have the Cowboys set Dak up for I failure? I can't wait to hear this. I, I don't like I don't like the phrasing of that. Like, <laughs> maybe I'm compromised. Like I don't like the idea of betting against Dak Prescott. You can say you can say what you want about what he's accomplished as a pro, but like that that dude's story, I'm not going to bet against him. But I will say. I don't think the Dallas Cowboys are doing a whole lot to help their franchise quarterback, which I am completely flabbergasted by the attitude. It goes back to what we were talking about with Lamar Jackson. There's like this idea, right, that when you make money, that means it's like you're on your own. You, you got to just do this all by yourself. And it doesn't make any freaking sense. Like, it's absolutely insane to suggest that. And I think that's what the Cowboys are doing. I think the Cowboys are saying, we're paying you $40 million dollars. You just you throw this stuff together with scraps and make it work. Meanwhile, and this is this is the one that I think about all the time. Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in football, right? The Kansas City Chiefs do everything in their power to help that guy. And before you bring up Tyreek Hill, yes, got too expensive, had to get rid of him. But look what the Chiefs have done the last two years. Pat got decimated in that Super Bowl. They didn't have an offensive line. They revamped the whole thing in one offseason. They go uh they go trade mm-hmm. for Orlando Brown. They sign Joe Tooney. They draft Creed Humphrey. All of a sudden, their line looks great again. This year, they lose Tyree Kill. They go get Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, like it's not Tyree Kill, but they are throwing assets into it. The Cowboys re-sign Michael Gallup to their credit. He's going to miss like at least a month of the season, and they threw $700,000 at James Washington. Like, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't add up. Are I don't they, understand Are it. they betting against him then, or are they betting on him? Because if you give him that much money, you could say you're betting on him, not against him. That is, that is what people will say. I just think it makes for a com- convenient scapegoat when it doesn't work out. And again, like, and that's I bring up Mahomes to say, a quarterback who's clearly better than Dak is getting more investment, and his team isn't making him do that. And so... I'm sure they would say they are betting on Dak, but to me, it looks like they're setting him up to be a scapegoat. Look, very quickly. I can't, so, I can't go so far as to say they're setting him up to fail because they are betting on a number of pieces that you need to see what C.D. Lamb is. You need to see if Michael Parsons and Dan Quinn and that defense can deliver once again. And I really don't have a problem with saying, hey, Dak, we need you to step up a little bit. Like, we're going to give you these things and... You need to make them work. That does come with the contract. So this idea that they've undermined him in some big way, I just can't go that far. Are they setting him up to fail? No. But are they asking him to succeed? Yes. Mm. It it rings a little hollow when they're third in the league in cap space. Mari Cooper, that contract that they didn't want to put up with, it was too high. It's 12th best in the league right now. Amari Cooper could be on this team and it wouldn't bother anybody financially. It wouldn't hurt at all. And they were just like, no, do it without him. That, that seems smart to me. This. That seems just genius, genius move. Cool. Dave Hellman, Dallas really Cowboys, feel. no better television. Coming up, we are hours away from Deshaun Watson taking the field. It's a preseason game, but still, huge deal. I'll give you my final thought on what to expect. That's next. Don't go anywhere. Things getting spiked. It's time for my final thought in light of the breaking news a few minutes ago that Deshaun Watson will play in tonight's game because the ruling has not yet come out on Deshaun Watson. 
I think it's a big mistake, Cleveland Browns. I think it's a big mistake. Deshaun Watson is currently suspended for six games. That could go up to 17 games if he misses the entirety of the season. There is supposed to be a financial implication as well. Anywhere from $5 million, 10, 15, maybe $20 million. Why would you roll Deshaun Watson out there and maybe enhance the likelihood of him getting an increased suspension? It'd make no sense to me. See, the suspension from Deshaun Watson will likely be dictated because of public outcry. Why play Deshaun Watson publicly and give the public a reason to cry out? I don't think it's wise, even if he does fall in a preseason game. That's it for us. Have a good weekend. We'll see you next time.